Good morning, Mercy Road. How are you guys doing this morning? 11 o'clock, you guys are looking great. And can I say this also officially, Happy New Year. Anybody excited about a new year? Yeah, okay, kind of, sort of. Okay, I see that. I get that. But it's so good to be with you guys nonetheless. My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't met you yet, hopefully I'll get a chance to do that at some point today. But we have some people joining online as well. So can we put our hands together and welcome them as well? And if that's you watching this online, share it live because you never know how God could use it to impact somebody's life by just simply sharing this message with them. And something we say every single week around here is that we as a church believe with everything in us that no one is too far from God to experience life change through Jesus. And that the church should be a hospital for sinners not a museum for saints. So no matter where you're at spiritually, thank you for joining us today. And here's my prayer is that no matter where you're at, that you would just find that God wants to meet you right where you are this morning. And not only does he want to meet you, but he wants to do something meaningful in your life that changes your life for the better this morning. As we open up his word and we get to hear from this word that he has for us this morning. And, you know, before we jump into the new year and the new theme and all those things, I just want to pause right now and just celebrate the kind of impact that we saw in the life of our church in 2023. So you might not realize this, but in 2023... We had set a goal of our yearly goal, which was to baptize uh, 75 people. And that's kind of what we had seen happen in the past. So we're just praying for that. God, would you, would you move in a powerful way? And we saw in 2023, 89 people that were baptized in the life of our church. Yeah. Which is just incredible. And my son was actually with me in worship during the first service. And I was holding him. And he leaned over during the worship. He's like, Dad, is anybody else getting baptized today? And I just love this, that he's four years old. And he knows that our church, we are all about seeing that kind of life change. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. So I want to celebrate that. 89 people baptized. In addition to that, we also had over 200 people that took their next step and went through Rooted. Which we can celebrate as well. That got to learn the gospel, go deeper, lay a foundation for their faith, which is incredible. And then at the end of the year, we were just seeing all that God was doing and all this growth that we're seeing around us, exceeding our expectations. And we realized this, that we were running out of room. And so we prayed about it, decided to launch a project called Make Room that was just meant to be an end-of-year project to make more room to reach more people for Christ. And as a part of that, we didn't want to just add some seats or make some changes to the building. We really wanted for every single person to pray about what does it look like individually for every single one of us to make room in our hearts for more of God. And as a result of that, I'm excited to share with you guys that towards the end of the year, we just saw more commitments come in. And not only did we meet our uh, fundraising commitment goal, but we actually exceeded that by having $511,000 that were committed towards the Make Room campaign, exceeding our goal. And what's so amazing about that is, too, that of that amount, already uh, 405000 of that money has already come in, which allowed us to add over 190 seats in this room that you're sitting in right now. And we, we added that, and we went down to two services. We thought we were going to be doing that for a while, maybe for a year. And we just continue to see more growth. And so January 21st, we're actually going to be going back to three services because our goal is to continue to reach more people for Christ, for the kingdom. So can we just celebrate all together all of that, how God moved in 2023 and all the incredible things we're seeing. And I'm so excited to get to kick off 2024 with you all. And our theme for the year, as you may be seen by now, is simply follow me. 
And it's all about answering the invitation that Jesus gave to every single one of his followers, every single one of his disciples. He just approached them with a simple invitation that was two words, follow me. And I want to unpack today a little bit in this message what it means to really follow Jesus. And the title of this message is simple. I'm going to keep it super simple today. Uh, Nothing too complicated, just simple message. So the title of this message is simply this, follow the leader. How does that sound? Good? You guys excited for that? All right, two of you are excited. Um, Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. That's where we're going to be at today, Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at, starting in verse 18. And you know, I titled it Follow the Leader because many of you probably, like me, when you were growing up on the playground, you got to play the game Follow the Leader, where it was like there was a leader of the group and then everything they did, like you had to do it as well and you followed the leader in that way. And I find that sometimes we have overcomplicated what it means to follow Jesus. That, that, that we tend to talk about, you know, you have to know all the right stuff and have the right theology and all those things. And by the way, I'm a full believer in all of that. And we talk about all the different things that you got to do. And if you just want to boil down what it actually means to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, it just comes down to those two words that he invited all his disciples with two words, follow me. That a life in Jesus is all about following the leader, watching his life, learning from him, And as Jesus does, so we also do as followers of Jesus. And that's really what I want to talk to you about. And that's going to be the whole theme this year. We're just going to spend time unpacking what it means to actually follow Jesus. And to realize this, that as you look at the life of Jesus, and even as you read the Old Testament, the entire scriptures, that any time that God moved, you will realize this, that he is a God of invitation. Who's always inviting people into something greater. That he would find ordinary men and women and invite them to discover maybe a life that they never even thought possible for their lives. And that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And as we're going to be talking about answering this invitation that every single one of us has received to follow Jesus. We're going to be unpacking that for the whole rest of the year. But today I want to talk to you about following the leader. So in Matthew chapter 4, where we're going to be, it says this in verse 18. Walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I think oftentimes we can read a text like that, and right away we can just jump to the fact that, man, that was something that happened such a long time ago. Fishermen, they're fishing with nets. I don't even know what we're talking about. What does that mean for us today? And I want to tell you this, that the same invitation that we hear Jesus making to his disciples 2,000 years ago is the same invitation that you and I have today. The call remains the same, follow Jesus with our entire lives. And I think what is important for us to do is to take time and really to process and to pray through and to discern and ask this, what does it look like if we're going to follow Jesus in 2024? That's the question I want to spend our time just unpacking together. What does it look like? What does it mean to actually follow the leader, follow Jesus in 2024? Because you'll find that there's so many different things that are inviting us to follow them and different ideologies in the culture today, different challenges and obstacles that we're going to be facing as we seek to follow Jesus. So all together, I want to ask that question, what does it look like to follow Jesus? 2024. Would you pray with me as we do that? Father, we pause right now and we just invite you to speak to us as we kick off a new year and with that theme of just simple two words, follow me. 
answering the invitation that Jesus, you made to every single one of us in this room and even online right now to follow you and to discover a life with you and a relationship with you and one that gives us a new purpose for our lives. And I pray that you just speak to us and for every single person hearing this right now, that they would be just discerning what that means for their life, in their stage of life, in their season of life, in the different circles that you've called them to move in and to to work in and to play in, God, that you just help them to discern what it means to actually follow you and to be obedient to that invitation, wherever you've called us to go. And for myself, I just pray, God, that you'd help me to move out of the way this morning. I don't want to speak anything that is my own words, but God, your words, and I pray that anything that is not from you, would you just remove that from me right now? Would you speak first to me and then to everybody else listening to this this morning? We invite you to speak to us, God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Um, So I've come to find this as a guy that dudes, we tend to make like inviting each other to stuff weird sometimes because we tend to like not know all the details or we just want to like, you know, a challenge and get all like, yeah, bro, you know, like and invite each other to stuff. So if you're a guy, probably you've been invited to something before and you hear something like this, hey, show up at this time, uh, wheels off at 0600. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Like, are we flying there? Like, what are we doing? Uh, bring your Bible, uh, no sleeping bags allowed, and then bring a pocket knife and some matches. I'm like, are we cutting something? Are we burning down? Like, what's going on? And guys tend to be that way about stuff and they're like uh, by the way uh, leave your cell phone at home and just tell your wife that she'll hear from you in 72 hours and I'm like okay I have a lot of questions I don't know enough details I'm out I'm not doing it because I found that you know as guys also I know how guys plan because I'm a guy so I can speak to that I know how guys plan when they say uh, just show up and don't worry about it usually it means like we don't have a clue what we're actually doing we haven't planned anything and so I tend to just not like commit to those kinds of things And it's so funny because as you read this text this morning, Jesus has this interaction with the disciples. He sees them, they're casting their net into the the sea and he just comes up to them and just says, follow me. And you'll read later on that they drop everything that they're doing and then they just follow Jesus. And I think that as he invited them and said, follow me, that they probably understood what was happening in the moment that this was Jesus, a rabbi who was inviting them and calling them into a relationship inviting them into a relationship. If you're taking notes this morning, point number one is that we've all been invited into a relationship. For guys like them that that would have been fishermen, that maybe didn't go to school formally or anything like that, for a rabbi to come in to see you and to personally invite you, maybe explains the kind of response that they have. It says this, that immediately they dropped everything and they followed him, that they understood what this meant. And that Jesus wasn't just any other teacher who was maybe like the formal rabbis in the day that uh, taught, you know, in a school setting that what Jesus was, was he was the kind of rabbi that went about living his life, called these disciples to live and to do life with him. They weren't going to sit in a classroom or in a building that where he was going to be teaching them was going to be in the everyday life classroom. That they would get to watch from him. They would get to hear everything that he taught. And as he did, they would also get to do that. So he was calling them, inviting them into a relationship that would have been a rabbi and disciple relationship that he was inviting them to. And I think being a disciple of Jesus, as we're going to unpack this morning, is something that we've complicated sometimes that we don't really understand well. So can I just give you a simple definition of what a disciple is? A disciple is simply a follower of Jesus who models their life after the life of Jesus. 
follower of Jesus, who models their life after the life of Jesus. And so often today, we've chosen to use terms like, oh, well, I, I'm a Christian, or, or I'm a believer, or well, I believe in Jesus, and all these things that we say, and you just read the scriptures and you realize there isn't a different call that Jesus gave to people that some people were called to be disciples and others are called to be Christians. No, it's the same calling. Every single one of us are called to become a disciple of Jesus who watches the life of Jesus and models our life after the life of Jesus. And many of us just don't think of ourselves as disciples, which is why, for example, if I started walking around and started referring to myself as Disciple Nate, some of you would probably not invite me to your kid's birthday party. Like, it would weird everybody out. You'd be like, that dude, like, refers to himself as Disciple. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. I'm getting a weird vibe from it, but you don't realize this. But every single one of us, if you believe in Jesus, you are, in fact, a disciple of Jesus who is called to live and to watch Jesus and to model your life after the life of Jesus. And everything that he did, we get to do that as well. And that same invitation that Jesus gave to them is the same thing that we get to be a part of today. And the goal of discipleship, because I think sometimes too, when we talk about discipleship, it can get a little bit uh, fuzzy and there's so many books written on it. Just go to Google and type in book on discipleship. You will find hundreds of books that are written on what it means to be a disciple. And it simply just comes down to this, following the leader, modeling our lives after Jesus and what he did for us to do that as well. When we talk about discipleship, the goal isn't to sit down and do a Bible study. The goal is to learn how to model our lives after the life of Jesus. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. The goal of discipleship isn't to learn about Jesus. It's to live like Jesus. The goal of discipleship isn't to learn about Jesus it's to learn to live like Jesus. But here's the thing. You can't live like Jesus without learning about Jesus. And that's why we do Bible studies. We have huddles. We have outposts. And all these things are designed to help us to just watch the life of Jesus, to learn who he is, and to begin to apply and live that in our own lives. And I think it's one of the main reasons why God could have chosen any other way to reveal to us how we're supposed to live, to reveal himself to us, to save us. No, he chose to come into our world into the form of a baby who grew up like a normal human being, who lived 30 years before he ever decided to begin calling some disciples. And then with those disciples, he's going to spend the next three years with them where they traveled together day in and day out. They did everything together because what Jesus was doing as the great leader that he is, he was modeling for them how they're supposed to live. So for every single one of us here in the room, that might not think of ourselves as a disciple. You are, in fact, a disciple of Jesus. And the goal is not just to learn some knowledge about Jesus. The goal is to begin to model your life more and more to look like the life of Jesus. That is what it means to become a disciple of Jesus. And I found this, that if we're going to change the world, if we're going to change the world, it's not going to be the Christians who know a lot about Jesus, who change the world. It's going to be the Christians who live the most like Jesus that are going to change the world. I've just seen that so many people, they'll spend years in Bible studies. They've read the Bible cover to cover, and yet their lives don't reflect the life of Jesus. Because they just maybe make knowledge and more learning the goal of it. And listen, the goal of discipleship was never to learn some knowledge about Jesus. It was to allow him to transform us, to model our lives after his life, to begin to live more like Jesus. That's how we're going to change the world for Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple. The same invitation that every single one of us has been uh, extended through Jesus. And I just believe that discipleship is more caught than it is taught. 
Which is also why we encourage every single person to live in community and to have other people that are pouring into you, maybe in a huddle or in an outpost, because you get to watch those people. As Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, that discipleship is more caught than it is taught. So it's just so important for us to live in a community together. And what the disciples also didn't realize, this relationship that they were invited into, was not just any rabbi that was calling them and that they had the privilege of learning from. They were invited into a relationship with the God of the universe himself, Savior of the world. And that same God who saw them and said, I choose you and I invite you into relationship with me is the same God that looks at every single one of us, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, and chooses us and says, hey, I'm inviting you into a relationship with me. Come discover what it means to live life with me and to walk every day with me. That same invitation he extends to every single one of us. And some of you maybe haven't uh, answered that invitation yet. I'm going to give you a chance to do that later. But that's the same invitation that we've had. And because he's the God of the universe, he invites us. And that changes everything about our lives and how we live. He gives us a new purpose now in that. So if you're taking notes this morning, number two, the purpose that we've, we've been given, number two is this. We are invited to invite others. See, Jesus says to them this in verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, some of the most awkward parties that I've ever been to in my life <laughs> are the ones when like you showed up and like there was no plan. So maybe it's like this person who's really friendly and like knows people from their chess club, from their yoga class, like they do CrossFit over here, some coworkers, whatever it is. They decide to throw a birthday party or something. Everybody shows up and they assume because they get along so well with all these people from all these different places. Everybody's just going to get together. It's going to be a fun party. There's no plan whatsoever, no agenda. And then you get to those parties and you go and like you grab some food and then everybody's just kind of standing around like, yeah, you know, like, what, what are we doing here? And usually being, you know, the person that I am, I'll go and try to, like, initiate all these awkward conversations. And then, like, a couple minutes into it, you find that, like, you have nothing in common with the person. And so then it's even more awkward and you're just there. And have, have you ever been to a party like that before? Yeah, show of hands. Yeah, I see you guys over here, Jade and Sarah. Yeah, and they tend to be awkward, right? Because you're like, okay, like, what, what are we doing here? What's the purpose of this gathering? And I find this, that... When Jesus calls them and he invites them to come and to be a part of this new life, to come and to follow him, he calls them with a purpose, which is to make disciples. Which is why he says, follow me. And the purpose of following them is to then what? To go and to become fishers of men. That in the same way that we've been invited into a relationship with Jesus, he now gives us this task of basically becoming party planners for God. To go invite as many people as possible to follow him and to discover a relationship with him and I believe that this is the whole reason why we as a church, if you look at the way that we do church and why we exist as a church, that Mercy Road Church exists. If you read our mission statement, we exist as a church to see people that are far away from God be discipled into a passionate relationship with Jesus. And that's why we do everything that we do. That's why we gather. That's why we make more room in this place to reach more people for Christ. That's why we're launching all these other Mercy Road churches. That's why you start an organization like Multiply Indiana seven years ago with the goal of reaching a million people in our lifetime in the state of Indiana for Christ. Because we realize this, that as we have been invited, God now calls us to go and to invite other people as well. That he's given us this task of not just being disciples ourselves, but to go and to make more disciples for him. 
That's what he means by catching more men or catching fish. And he's called us to be disciple-making disciples. Every single one of us in this room. And that's why coming up on January 19th, as uh, Pastor Josh mentioned, we're hosting this night of worship at Clues Hall, 7 p.m. It's going to be incredible. And listen, we're going to gather over 25 churches, thousands of people there. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. And even leading up to that, we're going to spend 52 days of prayer and fasting leading up to that. When we come together, we're going to be praying and actually anointing people for disciple making and then sending people, releasing them all over the state of Indiana to go and to embrace this task of making more disciples as Jesus called us to do. He doesn't just make us disciples. He makes us disciple making disciples. And the invitation with Jesus is simply this, the more the merrier. The more the merrier. That, that's the kind of part. If you want to hang out with Jesus, the kind of invitation that he sends says, hey, as you've been invited, go invite more people because the more the merrier. And if you read the Great Commission, that's why he says, go into the entire world and reach every single nation with the good news of the gospel. And we as a church want to be about that. And so in every single thing that we do, we're going to just continue to emphasize that. And we want to be the kind of church that isn't just a Sunday morning gathering. Jesus didn't say, come and follow me and attend a service once a week. No, he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that's the whole reason why it's great that we have the Sunday gathering. But listen, at the heart of what we do as a church is our huddles and our outpost network that comes alongside every single one of us and gives us the actual tools and the knowledge, the foundation that we need to go deeper in our walk with Jesus, to actually get to know who Jesus actually is. And then the, the outposts then give us the tools to be able to go out, to live out our faith, not just on Sunday morning, seven days of the week. Jesus didn't call us to come and attend a service for an hour a week or maybe to, to do a Bible study. No, he called us to live as disciples, every single area of our lives. And if you're not in an outpost or a huddle, I just want to encourage you that at the top of your list of resolutions that you're making in 2024, that you make it a priority to say, I'm going to go deeper in my faith, whether that's joining a, a huddle or an outpost. And if you don't know where to start, good news for you. We have a first step class that is happening next week at 1230. We're going to feed you lunch. We're going to talk to you about what maybe your next step is to continue to make sure that your faith doesn't become the Sunday morning thing that I think too often in the church we've made it. Where we show up to church on Sunday morning and we pick up our faith and I'm going to sit, I'm going to worship, I'm going to hear a message and then I'm going to leave that behind and go live my life however I want the whole rest of the week and then come back again on Sunday. Listen, no, following Jesus is all about modeling your life after the life of Jesus in every single area of your life. So can I just encourage and challenge you for some of you to just make that a priority to say, how do I begin to just answer that invitation to follow Jesus every area of my life? What would that look like for you? And if Jesus is all about inviting others into this incredible life that he has to offer, what would that look like for you to begin to invite others into that as well? What does it look like for you to invite? And I think we can complicate it, which is why when we talk about things like sharing your faith, or even if you use a church term, evangelism, we can get so intimidated by that. But listen, Sharing our faith, invited, invite, inviting other people into a relationship with Jesus is just as simple as doing what we talk about all the time. Living out this twofold mission that every single believer in Jesus has received. To share our faith and to help those in need. It really is that simple. And that twofold mission grows out of the Great Commission 
where Jesus says to go into all the earth and to make disciples, to teach them to observe everything that he's commanded us. And it grows out of the greatest commandment where he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with everything in you, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So inviting others into a relationship with Jesus just looks as simple sometimes as, as this. As God lays somebody on your heart, it's a neighbor, it's a coworker, or whatever, who, who's walking through something, choosing to just serve them a meal, choosing to make the visit, show up to the hospital, helping a neighbor, whatever it is. These are all different ways that we can just even live out our faith in a really simple way in 2024. And as you do that, you'd be, amazing, you'd be amazed at some of the ways that God uses a simple, just act of service to be able to initiate some of those conversations about faith, where people want to get to know more and more about who this Jesus is that you serve and that you live out your life modeling after. So what does that look like for you to extend that invitation to other people and to begin to really live that out in your life. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And here's why that gives me so much hope, that promise that we have that he will make us fishers of men. Because maybe even if you're in here and you're saying, "I, I didn't go to Bible school, I'm not equipped enough, I don't know enough. Listen, Jesus says this, you do the following, I will do the making. As you follow him, he is the one who equips us and begins to make us more and more useful for the kingdom, makes us the best party planners that can just invite other people to come and discover this life that he has for them. And so what does that look like for you to begin to just say, I'm going to just choose to follow in this next year? As he places opportunities in front of me, you're going to realize this, that God never calls you to do something that he won't also equip you to do. So what does that look like? If he said, if Jesus actually said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, what does that look like for you to begin to follow him and to allow him to make you into fisher of men? We do the following. Jesus does the making, which is why number three, if you're taking notes, I I will say this, that obedience is the secret sauce. Obedience is the secret sauce. Look at the response of all these disciples that Jesus calls Verse 20, it says, after he told them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, in the boat with their dad, Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. That there was this immediacy that they had, this obedience that they had. The thing that makes the disciples incredible and sets them apart from so many other people. And we can now look at them as these heroes in the faith is because of just their willingness to be obedient. That you look at their lives, ordinary men that were fishers. The thing that made them into these heroes in the faith was the secret sauce was simply this, obedience. That as Jesus commanded, they were willing to respond in obedience and to follow him. And that set them apart. They got to live and have the kind of life that they had, the kind of impact that they had. And, you know, we can look at some people around us in our faith and maybe just be amazed by their faith and their role model. And sometimes be inspired by that, but also be intimidated by that. And I was raised, I've shared my story many times with you guys. I was raised overseas um, in a Christian home, a dad who's a pastor, who trains, who's trained thousands of pastors all over the world. Uh, Him and my mom just had this incredible faith, incredible disciples of Jesus that they modeled uh, their faith my whole life. And I got to grow up under that. And then at the age of 16, I come to the States 
and I end up in another pastor's home as an international student. And um, also same thing, incredible pastor, incredible just disciple of Jesus, so much faithfulness that they modeled. And I remember my whole life growing up and looking at these two sets of parents that I've had, I've had and I'm like, man, they are incredible, uh, just witnesses of Christ, incredible disciples. I could never be like them. I can never do some of the things that they've done and live out my faith in that way and have the kind of impact that they've had with their lives. And then the older I began to get and just grow in my faith, I began to also look at their life and just realize that the thing that has made them such incredible, uh, just disciples of Jesus and the incredible impact that they've had for the kingdom all just comes down to the simple secret sauce of obedience in their lives. Because I can tell you that growing up overseas with my dad overseas, who is an Old Testament scholar, he's about six foot six, has this really deep voice when he talks. I hope sometimes you, you guys will, will get to meet him when he comes here to the States. But I realized this growing up every single day, it doesn't matter if we were traveling or not, he would wake up in the morning. The first thing that he would do is he would go into his office or into his room, shut the door, and then you'd hear him talk in this weird language that sounded like he was vomiting. And I'm like, what is going on? And what he would do is he would read his Hebrew Bible every single morning. And you know, the Hebrew language has all these like, like guttural sounds. And you're like, what is going on in that room? I want nothing to do. But I just wonder, I just wonder perhaps if just that daily act of obedience it's waking up in the morning, sitting down, spending time with God, reading his Hebrew Bible. I just wonder if that didn't set him up for other acts of obedience throughout the day. And then for him to do that enough over 20, 30, 40, 50 years for him to then have the kind of impact that he's had for the kingdom. And then I come to the States and now I'm living with another pastor here and he's also leading a church, leading uh, church plants all throughout Chicagoland and just making disciples all over the Chicago and Illinois, a state of Illinois. And this past week, we got to go up there. We got to visit with him. And we were hanging out at the church in his office. And I noticed this strange, like, padding thing. It's like a foam pad in front of his love seat in his office. And I was trying to figure out what it was. And then it dawned on me that this love seat in his office and this knee pad, as my dad has been getting older, is a place that he kneels to pray in his office every single day for the work that he gets to do. You can look at all these heroes in the faith and these disciples that follow Jesus that did all these incredible things. And really, if you want to boil that all down, what is the secret sauce in every single one of their lives? It's just a simple act of obedience. Simple acts of obedience. And I, and I think sometimes we complicate what it means to follow Jesus. And we can start out a year like we are right now with a list of goals. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover. I'm going to I'm fast and do all these things. And all those goals are great. And sometimes they end up actually intimidating us. Or sometimes we like miss a day or whatever it is, we can get discouraged. But can I give you one simple goal for the year that if you will do it, you'll find yourself growing. If you'll do this one simple goal, you, you ready for it? Write it down. It's this. Just do the next obedient thing. Do the next obedient thing that God is placing in front of you. And you do that over time, over the course of a year, and you'll find yourself growing. Because I realize this, that becoming more and more like Jesus is a lifelong process that takes place one act of obedience at a time. That's all it is. It really is that simple. What it means to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus, one act of obedience at a time. 
And maybe if you do that, you'll, you'll find that next year you're sitting here in the same room and hearing a New Year's message and look back on the year that you just had and saying, man, I've grown so much in my faith. Or five years from now, ten years from now, you'll find that, man, just that simple, daily, do the next obedient thing, one act of obedience at a time is how you become more and more like Jesus. So what is, what is the one act of obedience maybe that God is calling you to right now today? Or maybe this week that you can focus on. Or maybe for the month where you just say, this is the one area that I'm just going to choose to focus on being obedient in this one area. For the whole month of January, I'm just going to focus on it. And then what about for the whole year? What is the one act of obedience God is calling you to do to just do the next obedient thing? And you might say, well, I don't know how to hear if God is talking to me or not. How do I discern that? How do I know? And can I give you just a few simple ways to do that? Number one, just read scripture. And if you read scripture and there's something in scripture that convicts you to do something or to stop doing something, usually that is probably God speaking to you and you can discern and hear that his voice is talking to you. And then can I encourage you to also just be obedient and to follow through with that? So by reading scripture, number two, sometimes we've overcomplicated what it means to actually hear from God. Here's what I find in my life sometimes. That as I'm going about my day or whatever it is, I can sometimes get a thought in my mind or maybe even a feeling that I'm like, okay, that didn't necessarily come from me. And then checking that feeling with scripture and saying, is this something in scripture that maybe scripture speaks against or speaks to this thing in my life, this feeling that I'm getting? And then discerning that. And oftentimes you'll find that God is actually just speaking to you in really simple ways like that. Like hearing from God isn't this crazy, like mysterious thing, like you need to go on a mountaintop somewhere. No, it's in the day-to-day. Maybe he just lays somebody on your heart and says, hey, reach out to that person. I've done that in my life before, and I'll reach out to somebody and end up finding out, man, they lost someone or they've been sick or whatever it is. And I believe that in those moments, it is the Holy Spirit prompting you to take that next step and just to, to obey and to do something that he might be calling you to do. So number two, just paying attention to some of those thoughts. And I think so many times in our lives, we miss out on opportunities when God is actually speaking to us. Because we're so just distracted and we can just maybe brush off whatever thought or feeling he laid on our heart. But listen, when he's speaking to you, will you just take time to pause and to pay attention to that? And then number three, to surround yourself with other people around you that are godly and wise people that are walking with the Holy Spirit that can come alongside you as you're feeling those things, trying to discern what God is calling you to do. Get other people involved. Listen, our faith was not one that we were never meant to live out by ourselves. Always, always do life with other people around you and allow them to come into your life and to help you to discern that. What God is actually calling you to do and to be willing to be obedient. So what is the next act of obedience that you can take for your faith right now, this week, this month, in 2024, as we kick off the year, to become more and more like Jesus and realizing this, that every time that God does something in our lives, He is always inviting us into something. And sometimes those acts of obedience is an opportunity for you to step into maybe your next calling, a passionate area of yours, or into something that breaks the heart of God that He's just equipping you and he's calling you to, to lean into that and when you learn to become obedient you'll see that he's always calling us always inviting us into something into an adventure that we get to go on that we get to to live with Jesus and do life with him and experience all these things through simply that simple act of obedience in our lives
I know some of you are probably listening to this right now and you're going, Nate, that all sounds great. Follow the leader. Just do what Jesus does and just model my life after him. But you don't realize that this is really hard. It's really hard. Following the leader is really difficult to do. And I want to tell you this, that I'm aware of that, that following the leader, our leader being Jesus, is anything but child's play. And that there are times in my life where maybe following the leader and seeking to be more like Jesus can feel like maybe playing a game of horse against somebody who's really, really good. And they're making shots and doing crazy things. And you're like, I I can't do what, you know, he gets to do. And some of you are sitting over here and you're like, I've tried that. And it feels more like playing a game of horse. And I'm picking up all these letters right now. I've picked up an F-A-I-L and over and over again, I've tried and I've failed. And what do I do about that? Listen, Jesus is so that he doesn't ever call you to do anything that he's not going to come alongside you and model for you. And also give you the Holy Spirit to empower you to be able to follow him more. And all it takes, guys, all it takes is just, are you willing to to be obedient and to follow him or not? That is the only thing that set these disciples apart was that when Jesus said, follow me, they're willing to leave their nets, leave their boats, even leave family behind to follow Jesus. And that's the same invitation that he has for every single one of us in 2024 as a church simply to follow him. So will you join me in following Jesus this year? Pray with me. Father, we just pause right now and we just, again, just want to continue to surrender our lives to you to answer that invitation in 2024 to follow you, Jesus, with everything in us. God, we don't want to be the Sunday morning Christians who are here for an hour a week and then we go out and we live our lives however we want to live. But no, we want to be true disciples of you that are all about living out what you model for us in every single area of our lives, seven days a week to be true disciples of you and then to invite other people to do that as well. So God, would you give us the courage to simply be obedient, to respond to your invitation in 2024? And God, I know I wasn't planning to do this when I showed up here this morning, but you laid it on my heart that maybe for some people in this room right now, they've never even responded to that initial uh, invitation that Jesus has for every single one of us to follow him really, which is an invitation to a relationship with Jesus, where they get to surrender their lives to you when they choose to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their lives. And so, God, anybody here in the room right now or even online that hasn't done that, I want to give them the opportunity to do that. And if that's you in the room and you've never answered that invitation to follow Jesus, which means surrendering your life to him, doing what the disciples did to get to live for him every single day of your life where he becomes your Lord and your Savior. If you've never done that before, I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. You can just pray something as simple as this. Thank you, Jesus, for inviting me into a life with you. Thank you for what you did on the cross for my sin. And Jesus, that you rose again from the dead. And because of that, you now offer this new life in you. Jesus, I receive that new life today. And I ask that you would be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to become a disciple that follows you with every single area of my life. That anything that is not of you, God, any sin in my life, that I would surrender that and choose to model my life after you and invite other people to be a part of that life as well. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for pursuing me. 
And if you prayed that prayer right now, I just want you on this day, January 7, 2024, to do just a simple act to just show the commitment that you just made by just raising your hand in the room right now. If that's you and you prayed to commit your life to Jesus, would you just raise a hand in the room right now? Anybody here? Yes, in the front. Anybody else in here? Yes, I see you in the black shirt. You can put your, yes, guys, I see you over here. Make sure you talk to mom and dad about that. In the back, I see you. Anybody else in here? Yes, anybody else? Prayed that prayer. Wow, that's amazing. Let me pray over you right now. Father, I just thank you so much for all these hands all over the room and even those online that prayed to surrender their lives to you. And God, we just thank you that you are still in 2024 pursuing men and women and inviting them into a relationship with you. And God, we just thank you for the new life that we get to celebrate. And God, I pray for them that as your word says, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, that that would be true over them right now. Would you make them new? Would you help them to overcome any sins in their lives that might get in the way of them being a disciple of you and following you with their entire lives? And God, would you help us as a church to come alongside them to help them to go deeper in their faith with you and to get to live a life of impact for your kingdom. We thank you so much for loving every single one of us, for inviting us into relationship with you. And we just surrender ourselves to you. It's in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.